A very good day to one and all, and welcome to the Reenactors Ramble, episode 42, with me, Richie, and him, Andy. Oh, I think we've switched sides, so you, you're drinking a beer and I did, and I had tea, juice. and then I went to the fridge and I had some beers over from the weekend, and I thought, it's lovely out there, but a good day, um, why not? Just this once. True. I'm trying it now we're getting back into event season. I'm not like, I'm not... I haven't really particularly mm. put on much weight, but I'm, I'm conscious oh, now. Wow. So I'm sort of like, right, let's 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 get committed. Yeah. We talked about commitment over the last few episodes quite a bit, and about sort of looking mm-hmm. and feeling our best for for why we do it. So I'm sort of conscious now to to get in that mood as well. But um, you know, we 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 follow on from quite a, a watershed mm. moment last week. I think uh, I think it's fair to say two two great episodes. Um, you know, some great feedback on that and a wonderful Zoom call. That on, on Zoom Friday. was fantastic. And for anybody who has missed the Zoom call in the in the recent months, jump on with us because this one went on till about half one. Was it about half? <laughs> You're joking. I didn't yeah, get to bed till two one. o'clock. Yeah. And I thought, where's this going? People were obviously. Bear in mind, we started at what? Eight, eight o'clock seven. we started? It was when we went live because I put half it on seven it was, and yeah. sat in the, yeah. Yeah, the background and did a bit of pottering. But it, I think what was great and what was testament to the characters who were on that Zoom is they've got something to say. And it, as we go on through the night, people are obviously having a few beers because it's, you know, the weekend is here. And people are getting a little bit lubricated. We've got people in Canada, in the US. We've got people over in um, the Netherlands, uh, Belgium as well yeah and yeah, Germany and you know Germany. what you all sat there and it's like it's a, it's a really good version of the Eurovision but that works <laughs> that really does work and anybody who hasn't been on get on with us because you know what um, it, they're a really likeable crowd the, the guys that are constantly with us and I do have to make an apology I think I, I do yeah, yeah. um now you're making me think, oh, have I got anything no, no. to apologise for? I mean, I wasn't hung, I wasn't hung over the next day, so I, that, I don't tend to get hung over these days. But I do know that when one of our uh, guests was talking about some people frequenting a bar or a pub in the middle of the countryside, and I turned to one of our other guests and said, just like you, I think you're one of them guests, insinuating that these, this person was of a political stance with on the uh, one of the parties, a conservative. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's what I insinuated, I think, and she took the hump, and then she kept us. But it was all good fun. It was all in good stead. I can't remember that. Maybe I was well, too that, well oiled it's been by that. Over friendly with our guests. But anyway, if you want to come back on the podcast and uh, and be insulted by uh, Mr. Andy, <laughs> then uh, by all means join us. Usually every other Friday, few mm-hmm. beers, chat and kit. Uh, not chatting shit, chatting kit. You didn't mishear me, chatting kit. Uh, we show our new purchases. We talk yes. about events. We we share our Passion. our heart and our soul. We bear everything in, to the to other members of the community, and it's it's very fulfilling. But anyway, anyway. So and then before that, we we had a great episode mm. with Andrew Panton, didn't we? Um, which which Andy sadly missed. Um, but we pressed ahead because. You know, it was the the anniversary of the Danvers' raid, and we've been desperate to get Andrew on for for quite a while now, and and some brilliant feedback on that. And, and Andrew, if you're listening, yeah. thank you for your time again because I think it was you know it was great to get such an exclusive on Just Jane the centre, and really looking forward to visiting yes, there. It was in, fantastic! In August. I did actually catch it the following day. Um, fantastic! It was just great little episode. Um, and it, what's interesting is because obviously you and I do this, it's interesting to watch it on YouTube without me being there. And I feel like I'm answering the questions. I'm, I'm, I'm asking questions and I'm like, no, 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 ask this, ask this. Oh, no, you missed the opportunity. Oh. <laughs> and I, I get it from a, a viewer's point of view now. But, but sometimes when we do get yeah. enrolled into this conversation or debate that you ask, you shout these questions down the uh, the the mic or at the, the screen. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, a couple of tech issues on the YouTube. We had a bit of a sync problem, so apologies for anybody that was watching that, but hopefully we're back to our best today as well. Now, did you know, Andy, that on this day, the 25th of May in 1940, Adolf Hitler continued to hold off his tanks from engaging on an offensive, even though these armoured division were merely 10 mm. miles from Dunkirk. Okay. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I do. And then Calais... In, uh, in Calais, Heinz Guderen obediently, albeit frustratingly, ordered his tanks to halt per Hitler's orders, but the field commanders continued to push back the British and the French troops 
and in the evening, the BEF's commanding general, Lord Gort, began to fall back to Dunkirk. So, you know, that for me, I've been reading a lot about Dunkirk um, for the past couple of weeks. And on this day that happened, that was, that that was sort of officially the, uh, the fallback to Dunkirk. And obviously over the weeks, um, Mm -hmm. hundreds of weeks ahead, hundreds of thousands of men were to, were to get off those beaches. And that inspired me this weekend to, to get off my backside and to finally start putting together some of my BEF pits. I've had, I've had piles of webbing around 1940 um, matching Miko dated webbing that I've been intending to use for my BEF impression for a long time now. And you know what? I got it out a couple of weeks ago and I just thought, I can't Blanco this. Even though Blanco comes off, it's it's mint. It's matching wow. all the dates, all of the, the manufacturers. I couldn't Blanco it, so I had to get a spare set. Um, and this weekend, I, I, I <laughs> but I can keep, don't laugh. I can keep that for a desert impression. So there I'm we go. Crying. So I have I have in, inadvertently now produced a set of desert webbing for North Africa from my Green Howard's impression. So anyway, I got it all out this weekend, blankoed it, and I made a schoolboy oh. error. Spent two hours blankoing it all. Oh. It looked brilliant. I put all my I put all my kit on, take a few pictures. It's not. It sounds very dramatic. It's not. I went to put my webbing together, and I thought, hang on a second, where do these cross straps join onto? And I realised that. In collecting the belt and blankoing it, I blankoed and collected a driver's belt, which doesn't have the buckles in the back so that the driver is okay. digging into his back. So I couldn't put the webbing together in the end. So I'm awaiting a new belt uh, this weekend. A good friend is uh, is dropping that off for me uh, on Fabulous. Sunday or Monday. So yeah, I'll be putting that back together. But you know that that was a, that was a good good sort of push for me, really. You know, just just mm. thinking about what was going on this this time in 1940 um, and putting that together. So so Andy. <laughs> coming together. That's that's the next question. Is that a serious question? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Come on, you've only oh, got about God, six more to catch up. There's other thi- other yeah. things I want to do. Time. It is quality and, uh, over you quantity. Know, right? I know we missed out on them boots, which were size ten. Which someone pointed out that I've got girls' feet because I'm a size eight. What the hell? No, I'm not buying yeah. boots, Richie, for as a size ten to just look around, you know, walk around like buddy Frankenstein. What big Frankenstein? What big socks? In? How skinny my legs are. Size ten and Frankenstein. Come on, bloody hell! What? Uh, well, what are you? You're gonna have to find the don't. don't come You're around very often. I'm a nine. Like just like <laughs> everybody else. What's the quote from Andy? Nine, just like everyone yeah. else. No, uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at this reference. Anyway, right. So yes, today's look at this. We're eight minutes in, and we've not even got started. So apologies for that. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. I had a good chat with uh, yeah. with Mister Pantom from uh, the. Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre after our our episode and we got talking because Andrew runs the Langston Tanks event and many other events yeah. at East Kirkby uh, at the centre there and he got asked me a question which I've never really been asked before by an event organiser and I thought it was great and uh, and Andrew was asking me what can he do as an event organiser to ensure that reenactors have a great time and that they come back. And I was I was quite taken aback yeah. by this question because um, obviously I actually asked Andrew on the the podcast, you know why why do why does East Kirkby or, or the other centre seem to get a really really good portion of reenactors to the event, you know, and that that really really struck a chord with me. Um, thinking that you know what is it about that and what is it about that that makes it such a good event that it attracts such a quality pool of reenactors, yeah. And obviously Andrew's questions afterwards about what makes a good event started to uh, to sort of you know, trick my mind a little bit and think, well, well, what can we discuss about that as well? And, you know, I think there's a few more events being announced over the past few weeks. Uh, I booked into Beamish over the weekend. There's another little local one towards me. And it got me thinking, what makes a good event? Because if you miss an event and yeah. the rest of the guys and girls go to an event, you you always say, how is it? How, you know, how was the weekend? Did you have a good event? You know, and people either say, oh yeah, it was great. Oh, it was okay. It wasn't very good. And, there's never a hard and fast reason as to why it was good. So we thought this would be really, really useful to look at what makes a good public event. And that can help out event organizers mm-hmm. to improve their events. It can help, um, I guess, reenactors to determine what might make a good event for them. But also I think just to think about it from a, a personal sort of understanding viewpoint into what, you know, how to have a good time at an event as well, because I think we're going to touch on a few things that aren't quite as as they seem as I well. I think um, to coin the 90s movie Field of Dreams, if you build it, people will come. And I don't think merely that's the answer. 
this is a multifaceted question that you really do need to drill and dig deep. You'll find lots of little deltas because ultimately it's about the individual and what he or she wants to get out of that event. Personally, I want to go to an event and find it a little bit immersive work and dig a hole. I can put up a display and there's no holds barred, so to speak. But then you might get the reenactor who doesn't want to get deep and dirty with it all and might merely want to just parade around, enjoy a few stalls. So that then takes us to the first one for me, stalls. It's a bit superficial, but for me... I hadn't thought about that. For me... I hadn't thought about that. How wouldn't how had I stalls, not thought about that? And I and for me that's the biggest wow. pull and draw because let's face it, we all go to Stonely each year to try and find kit. So if you're gonna travel all the way down to a location for some of the guys in Scotland, for instance, you know, it's a five hundred mile round journey, or even more. To get there and not be able to buy or pick up a few bargains, make the trip worthwhile. So for me, the main point is stalls. It's a great show. I, you know, I completely overlooked that. And maybe that's just because it's been so long since we've been to an event, but I completely overlooked that, you know, and I forgot about that excitement, but I also forgot about the disappointment if you haven't got enough money to find. When I, I'm not like some or... of the guys who I've been away with and they carry wads of cash because I'm a card man, you know what I mean? I, I don't go to a bank and say, I'm going to draw out 500 quid or whatever. I tend to take you know, a few hundred quid for food, a few drinks, and maybe the odd little purchase. But then there is that, that time where you see a purchase and you think, wow, that's going to A, wipe my stock out of what I've got in my wallet. And then I'm left with 10 quid for a bloody bacon balm. So I tend to try and find places with card. Yeah. I'm a, but that's another thing. What you say? What you're saying is that you're not you're not committed enough to buy the no, kit. I think is what I just don't go to the bank on a bloody Friday afternoon like <laughs> some guys and really draw out the a wad of savings. Well, I, th- I think it's I know, been prepared. Know. You know, I would look at that from a different from a different outlet. I th- you know, I think even like going mm. to the boot sale on a weekend, I'll I'll I'll, I'll put you know three hundred quid in my wallet because I'm sat there thinking, well, what if I come across mm, that magic good. thing that I'll never see again? And the amount of things I've picked up at events, just mm. luckily for a, a good price. And had I not have took that approach, I would never have had them. You know, and these things weren't necessarily really expensive things. They were just something that I hadn't anticipated yeah. on seeing. You know, I, I managed to get a, some good RF bits of kit around, you know, and just just things that I, I wouldn't have bought had I not took that extra. I'd love to do quid, that. You know? I really would. And I so, think it's also about lifestyle choices. Then the day, you know, having kids and a house and a family and everything else around it. I can't just go and justify taking money out of my savings or whatever it is when I know I'm going to get absolutely bollocked if I get found out. <laughs> you know, I'm a kind of game family man player, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, I'm not saying that you're not there, but you know, you've, you're a young man and you've, you've, you're living the dream. That's you know, okay. you've got your, your stuff going. You've got, you've got your shit together. You've got yeah. your education and you've got your good job. It's all good. You don't need to justify but, it, Andy. It's, it's, it's fine. It's all good. So anyway, stalls. Stalls yeah. are a good one. I agree. Now, what kind of stall? I mean, because sometimes you get these hooker duck stalls, don't you, and things like that. And we're not interested in that, man. You know, I guess to any event organisers out there, yeah, it's quite interesting for the for the public. But from a reenactor's viewpoint, we're not interested in hooker duck stalls. We're not interested no. in, you know, decorative wooden garden ornaments. You know what? I go to it. these shows and uh, there's one show in the... Um, in the Midlands victory show. So you, you're going down the stores and as you're going through, you get the rich pickings. Okay. And we're talking about the stuff that you actually pass soldier of fortune on your left. And you've got all these really great shops, and little stores. As you start to turn, you start seeing the hooker duck, the airsoft little black things, BB guns getting sold. And it's like, oh, kind of, and you, you find the, uh, the crowd thinning out as you get to the top, you know, and I think that's where, you know, the end of the high streets where he rents cheaper. Yeah, that's where the naps are. That's where the pound shops are. And nothing can uh, wrong about that. But the the good quality stall, um, it's a walk in, walk out. So you tend to have to circular. Yeah, it's it's a U shape, and you start to see things, and you see the cabinets. I like the relic stalls. I don't know if people are into all this. I know some people call it grave robbing. What do you think about relic stalls at shows? Um, they're quite interesting, but I'm always a bit like, well, how how do I how do I know it is what yeah. it is? You know, I'm always a bit like, well, if you just like 
dug a couple of pipes in your, your garden and dug it up five years later and stuck it in his, you know, MH four three two or something like that. And who knows? But what's your, what's your strategy, Andy, when it comes to stalls at public events? You know, how what, what's the strategy? Is it, is it get around them early? Is it is it where do you, do, you, do you visit them? You know, often and skim across the top. Do you go in early and get in there and dive around? You know, do you do you go down one row and then come back up the other? Do you dive and weave and zigzag in and um, out? What do you do? It is literally you walk up the left. And you come down the right, and you 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 know it's like a U shape type thing. I don't zip across, mm. but to, I love it when you right. just find a, a like minded mate or a couple of buddies, and you're just literally moseying on down, and you're walking along, and you'll see something, and they'll start talking about things, and I'll talk about things, and then I'll see something across there and say, "Richie, look at this." Oh no, no, it's far too overpriced, and you start gaining the knowledge from your boys around you. So I only go with friends. I, I, t- I don't tend to like going by myself because what's the point? Yeah, it's browsing. But if you're mm-hmm. buying, you want to be with a buddy because let's face it, guys, when you're out there in the minefield, you could be picking up a lot of crap, like you say, and paying over the odds, you know. Um, so you really do need that that buddy system. And there's a few guys in the group mm-hmm. who know what they're talking about, including yourself, to pass out knowledge, you know. So I, for me, that's my strategy. Take a mate, go up one, come down the other and try and hit it early. But then at the same time, the last day of the event on the Sunday, you might find a few treasures that they've been keeping to one side or maybe some people have missed. Just bargains, maybe losing the, pr- I think they do, the you know, price a little bit. I mean, I've done shows like this where I've sold kit, not World War II stuff, but other things like car boot. And you want to get rid of it. You don't want to take it home. So a lot of pe- places don't want to take mm-hmm. it back home. Because it's you know they want to buy other stuff and and restock, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's the that that's what my thing is. So stores, that's that's what I want. Yeah, it's interesting. What, what's your strategy? What's your strategy? Good one. Oh, I I think early on I zigzag and I scan, you know, very very quickly, and. I sort of go mm. back for second looks and things like that. You know, I sort of scan to see where the good stuff might be, but you never know. You know, you've got to dive in things to really, you know, underneath things. And, you know, some people will miss things on the, on the surface. You've got to dig underneath. And some people might just go out, oh, it just looks like a pile of straps, but what's in there? You know, if you know what the straps are, that's where you can find your bargains. But anyway, yeah, stalls, stalls is a good one. Ooh, like let's, let's, let's take it in turns. What would my, what would my top thing be at an event? Ooh. I've got lots of things that I, I'm finding it hard to, to pick sort of my first, first thing. I think the first thing I would probably say, and maybe it's quite bad, is just like so, somewhere sociable and dry that serves alcohol, you know, and whether that's a pub, whether okay. that's a beer tent, um, just somewhere, because I'm I'm not a huge fan of the, the, the fire. It's it's okay, but I would much rather be in a beer tent, in a pub, in a hotel, bar. People watching. Um, People watching and just seeing like what's that. going on. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, just because I, I I like on the evenings, I like to socialize with the wider community and not just my own group and, you know, speak to other people, have a dance with the people, whatever it might be, you know, because, you know, it's like you get dancing and all of a sudden you're dancing with, you know, Linda, who's 20 years older than you and she's from Coventry, you know, and her husband's having a wave at you and you get yeah, chance. Do you know what I mean? It's me. just like you, you spend all weekend with you, with your guys and you're still with them in the beer tent or the hotels or whatnot, but. I think that's why I like East Kirkby Pickering, um, yeah. a lot of those events. Um, why I fancy going to Crouch places like that is because it's you know there's these places to go to, you know, on an evening. So I think that's really important mm-hmm. just as part of that experience because I think a lot of the things that we enjoy when we leave these events are thinking about the memories and and half of those memories are um, amazing. Yeah, totally agree. I think um, some of my best. For, we were talking a while back. One of our shows maybe in the future is you know best photography and things, and I've got a few snapshots of. You you stood there, uh, you know, in the late summer evening. Okay, you can picture you can all picture this, can't you? I'm looking at my mic like you're all there. You can all picture this summer evening, and you got all these reenactors from all different nations and all different uniforms all stood around million about it. And you feel as though you could actually just go over and just say, "Hey, what's this?" You know, and then chat, have a chat and just, or oh, I recognise you on the internet. I follow you on Instagram or whatever it is. You're looking pretty cool. You know, that's a really great kit. And it all comes out and you start talking and of course everyone's a little bit lubricated. But you're right, that beer tent, that opportunity to get under the cover if it's raining also is just fab. And I, I love the other things that can come from that and that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. I think just the opportunities it presents to to wear different impressions. Yeah, you know, I must have definitely. four or five 
different impressions that I'm waiting to mm, wear at same, yeah. dances or or be attended because you know standing I, I'm not I'm not going to put on uh, an original rare World War Two you know dress uniform that I've had tailored and and you know all in if you if you look at the the full cost of the tailoring the shirt the tie the buttons you know some of these like my my world my cutaway um my Kingston Scottish Borderers cutaway jacket I've got the Sam Brown original shirt the tie the shoes the trousers the beret the the cat badge. That's a thousand pound all in, you know. You're not even wearing any webbing or weapons, so it's like I'm not going to stand outside a fire and get smoky and muddy in that. So I want somewhere nice to wear it where I can show it off, and you know, because these things deserve to see the light of day. So I think it's important to give reenactors that chance to wear something different on an evening, yeah, because that's for us. You know, we we graft during the day, graft. I say that lightly. We we work and we put on displays during the day for the public so that we can line the event organizers' pockets, right? So for me, it's like giving back is that evening, giving us the opportunity to do what we want to do in an evening, which is just get dressed up, show off our stuff, talk about kit and drink beer. That's, um, no, you're right. And you've just said something there about lining the pockets of the organization during the day. Mm-hmm. So what can the events give back to us? If we're doing that during the day, what can they give in turn to us? Are they already doing that by offering these beer tents? Or is there something... Not asking, See, I'm mean, not asking for a ticket, like, I'm, you know, I'm not a good. free drink on entry. But yeah. That wouldn't mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to be um, naive and, and start saying that event organisers should should pay every reenactor that attends, right? Because I understand that one, that's just probably not commercially viable given given the cost associated yeah. with putting on that kind <clears> of event. <throat> but I also understand that by nature of putting on a good event and putting on those facilities that they... Uh, event organizers enable us to continue with our hobby without event organizers mm. putting on these events irrespective of profit we we would have nowhere to go largely you know and i prefer a public event than i do to yeah. an immersive event so personally you know i i can't complain about an event organizer because they are giving me yeah. somewhere to go to you know so i think for for a start just putting on a show is giving something to us mm-hmm. but i also think that Beyond that, you know, as much as it gives us somewhere to go, if you have somebody that yeah. hires a van, you know, fills it with kit, and that might be a lifetime's worth of collection, if somebody takes a vehicle and they spend months and months and weeks ahead getting that vehicle ready, you know, all that time that goes just to, just to park it up in an event field, you know, and, and for people to walk past and know that there's 60 other of those vehicles there, you know, I think that effort and that time, deserves to be rewarded in in other ways gratuitous gratuitous yeah. gratitude you know show the show the gratitude basically for reenactors and that might be i'll give you a great example there's a guy called mm-hmm. matthew page i think runs an event called or ran an event called best for the 40s um quite an average event i would say had, had the basics of what we needed maybe just missed that that special something which i'm not exactly sure of what it is but matthew used to bring um a black bag yeah in the morning um with like ice packs in it, which would be full of bacon and sausage and big tins of beans and bread for the reenactors to cook the breakfast, you know, and this thing wouldn't cost him much. Maybe it would cost him a couple of hundred quid for the whole weekend for every single reenactor. But that was a great little gesture to come around and say, here you go, guys, you know, East Kirkby, they offer um, a voucher to go in the naffy, get you um, one meal each day. You know, you get you get your breakfast, cup of tea on a morning, go sit down in a, in a proper World War One wow. naffy, which was moved there. And you get given that, you know, and I think those small things that necessarily aren't, you know, financial detractions or, or you know, weights around the event organizer's shoulders, but those little elements yeah. like that, maybe a free drink, like you mentioned, just something small, there was goes um, a long way for me. When we used to do, I think it was War and Peace all in years back, there was a American Red Cross naffy wagon used to turn up. And I remember the lady mm. behind the uh, counter, mum, that's what we called her and you'd pay, I think it was a couple of quid. And if you, yeah, like but you, know, you, like you got well, your tin right? mug and for the duration of that weekend or <laughs> that week for many people, if you took that cup back, they would refill it and you got a donut as well on it, you know, just when you wanted one. And that was a lovely gesture, but he came out of their pocket. It was, a private, it was only a private thing. Actors. So reenactors looking after reenactors. Mm. Perfect symbiosis. But you're right about the events. The events wouldn't happen if the organisers didn't put it on. And then, of course, we didn't have somewhere to showcase what we have and what we'd want. Um, let's face it, mm-hmm. we do this out of love. 
don't we? You know, we don't do it out of profit gain or anything. Yeah, yeah. we do it out of love to uh, meet like-minded, like-minded people, but also to, as a group, a small organization, to meet a few times a year. And I have always said it's the greatest stag night when we all meet up that I've ever been on. You know, every time it's just like it's good fun. Good fun, it is. Yeah. Hmm. One of these other things, just thinking about some of the small things that event organizers can do, I guess, before we dive into some of the, you know, the more granular things as well is there's, um, yeah, there's, there's always a bit of a a, a battle on the Sunday events, you know, and this happened quite recently where we were attending an event up in Scotland, um, which is of the weekend. It's a multi-period event. Um, there's, there's sort of Vikings there and things like that. And, and, some world war two people and it's this old sort of fort that they've built um to look like medieval so we're not going to be in the fort we're just like sort of near it in the woods and we're going to put on like okay. a quick arnhem thing and anyway we had a conversation with these chaps and uh, one of the questions that came about was the the event isn't starting until 11 a.m and we were a bit like oh well, that's that's pretty late for us you know most events are sort of nine ten o'clock at the latest um and then the, the next direction that we sort of had was that on the sunday you you know, you're expected to sort of be there until sort of 5 p.m. sort of thing on a Sunday. And and immediately we're sort of, you know, well, I'm sort of thinking, you know, it's 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 past Edinburgh. It's about 60 miles past Edinburgh. So for, for a lot of people, that's, mm. that's quite a distance. So you're sort of thinking, well, if people can't start packing up till 5 o'clock, yeah. it's a hotel jobby. You know, you're staying overnight, you're taking the next day off work. And I think this is something that reenactors and event organizers need to be a little bit more open and clear and aware of each other's stances, you know, because, you know, as I've mentioned previously, I get to three o'clock on a Sunday mm-hmm. and I'm done. You know, the, you've, we were talking off air and, and you mentioned it quite rightly. It's like a come down. The euphoria has gone, you know, and it's suddenly just dropped out of your backside entirely. And all you want to do is pack up your kit and go home. And nothing is more infuriating than knowing you're at work the next day and being at an event at five o'clock in the evening, you start to pack your kit down and the rain and the event organizer won't let you bring your car and let you take your stuff yeah. back until after that, you know, and I think that's got to be a bit more of like an agreement for that Sunday. People have got to agree with reenactors and understand that a little so. bit more. There is that, there is that waiting game. Um, like you say, people are, are starting to actually break the camp down after the battle, which happens about say two, mm-hmm. two o'clock, two thirty. people come back to a lot of the, um, the showground area or where your your station is, I guess. And you see these tents getting dropped and then packed up and rolled up. And you're thinking, you know, there's a little part of me thinks, oh, bless, you know, the public, fucking hell, they've just paid 12 quid each. You know, that's a bit poor, you know, get it, keep it going. But I I get the sentiments, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to get home. They've had a blast on the Saturday, the Friday and the Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they just want to get home and sit and have, you know, scone and a, a cup of tea in front of the fire with the wife and the kids or whatever it is, you know, and they've got work, of course. But, you know, you were just saying about the events in Edinburgh. What makes a good event? Is it the location? Let's think about that because let's face it, there are hardly any big or mm. events up in Scotland. Is, that, is there a reason for that? Is it about heritage or is it a lack of interest? Is it a lack of, well, show, showground? Or would people travel? I don't know. It's it's a big question. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, personally, it has zero bearing for me if it's if it's in a field in mm. the middle of nowhere, or if it's you know. I mean, it, it's a benefit, but it certainly isn't a necessity for me. I mean, I think you know sites like yeah. Maple Durham, fantastic. Period buildings around period sites that you can get images mm-hmm. on or just look the part. I think really, really make that extra little bit of difference. So, if for any event organisers out there, I would encourage them. You know, I've just signed up to Beamish recently, which oh, is yeah, Beamish Open Air Historical Museum, which looks great because it's it's you know it, it's got that sort of element where it is it is actually like reenacting because as you mentioned, yeah. you're not just in a showground field with portaloos and generators you know you're in this real sort of setting which is built to look like 1920s you know 1910s so the architecture really works so yeah i think you know heritage has a place it has a place definitely i think it helps it makes the the public probably have a better time is it required no it's probably an added cost again you know there's a reason why people go to fields because it's cheap they own yeah. the or they own the land you know if you're going to go through a heritage site like uh, English Heritage or National Trust or something, it becomes a lot more difficult because there's red tape, there's much more health and safety, there's legislation, there's costs, there's recommended suppliers. It's a different ball game, really. Okay. Mm. So, I think it's my go now. 
what makes a good uh, event. Yes. We've had stalls. We've had the beer tent, nightlife. What about entertainment? Do we need entertainment? And that covers not only the trio singers who are stood on a Jeep, belting out to, you know, some guys and girls doing some bebop or whatever, Charleston or other dance. Charleston? That's not <laughs> You get the general idea. Or is it a case of, yeah, the singers? Is it is it the little acts that are going on? Do we need that? Do we need a disco? Do we need a band? I think the, the I think I think they add something to the Saturday evening for me, but I don't really see much throughout the day. I think the need for the public, and I think it's 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 better than just putting a random playlist on in the background on a Saturday yeah. night. You know, for me, I think they're a great addition to to any any sort of evening the thing with night the, for the reenactors. For for instance, dance. Um, because you have these little dance-offs during the day and you can, you're walking, looking around stores and you find these little, these, this little trio going on and obviously a few people dancing around and swinging partners. And for me, if you think about what World War II is, for a lot of people, it is a visual thing. For us, it's the history. For others, it's musical. So it's an auditory. And, you know, they love that music. They play it during the day on that tannoy. Glenn Miller going on and on and on and all the rest of it. And in the evening, you've got the the big band, a couple of singers. And then, of course, that disco belts out and you've got madness and the rest of it kicking off. But for me, I think entertainment is a problem. I, I think that comes in with beer tents, doesn't it? You know, you've got – it comes, again, symbiosis. Mm-hmm. It works together. Um, and I like that music. I, love, I mean, I love 40s anyway. I listen to it every day if I could, you know. I, I do actually quite enjoy that that period of music, um, 30s, 40s. I've been taken to calling Alexa. I can't shout it because she'll probably turn on Alexa. And I'll say, Alexa, play music from 1937. And she will play. <laughs> you know, and just like we know now, there's a massive difference between five-year periods, you know? And it, the same is, mm. is um, evidence with music from 1925 yeah. to 35, yeah. or 30 to 45. I know we've got a few mm. people who uh, listen who are singers and entertainers who are fantastic at what they do. Um, maybe they'll, uh, they agree. I don't know. We should have some more of them on. We've had a few and they've been great. But no, entertainment. Um, I do like the entertainment value. Yeah. Definite must. Definite must for any decent, strong mm. reenacting event. No, do you know what I would? I would probably put next up in my in my list, right behind the sort of entertainment and the beer tent for me. About what? What if I'm thinking about you know going to an event and I'm what are my hopes and dreams for that event? Behind that, I would actually put the the the, the number of, of of sort of punters of public paying guests okay. that come in and visit the show. And some people aren't bothered about that, but as I mentioned previously, I'm, I'm determined to educate people. I love seeing the public come in, look around, be inspired by what we're doing, you know, okay. listening, learning. Um, so for me, having a good attendance to an event is is what I would consider as being a good event. If, if there's nothing worse than taking all your stuff to an event and three people walking past you pitching you know what, not taking any interest whatsoever. That's it's quite without that public to me. engagement, what would it be? Think about it, you know, just close your eyes and imagine actually you sitting in the hole. It's a it's a it's a poor immersive event, really, isn't it? At that point, because you're not yeah. doing anything immersive. I won't mention know, so. the events, but there is an event that we have done on a number of occasions, and the public turnout has been really low, really poor. And I think it is because the the attraction, the 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 area, just didn't have that pull. It could have been the weather as well. But for me, mm-hmm. that that was yeah. a big part. But I think it's advertisement Ooh. as well, isn't it? It's how you advertise the event and how you get it out there. And sometimes people will just put a couple of yeah. signs up on a couple of lampposts. But, you know, it's about more than that. And all, all that comes in with just getting getting people to the event and making a big commitment to do that. And sometimes it's the price. It's it's too much. It's, how much is know, it? But how much, ultimately, how much is I think, it now to get into you know, an event these days? It's usually about, probably about eight to ten quid minimum, really, isn't it? Up to 15 <sighs> sometimes, which I think is fair enough. Yeah, you, you know, what, what would you pay? And some people that whinge, you know, some of these shows mm. are like fifteen pounds. I think it's absolutely fair enough. In what world could you go and see millions of pounds worth of vehicles, mm. sometimes aircraft, people wearing original equipment, teaching you about it? You know, if you go to a museum, you pay like five pound for a guided tour extra. So right. it's a bit like 
you know, you're actually paying for our time as well. You're paying for our time in, in showing that and putting that time together and people's annual leave, you know, like, and I think sometimes you've got to in- let the public know that this isn't our job. Like we actually took days off from yeah. our job to come and do this. Like you've had it. I sat in that, see all those people like, yeah, people say how, I mean, you wouldn't know about this next bit, but people say, where did you get the sandbags from? And you're like, well, we actually brought a sack of a thousand sandbags and we actually filled every single sandbag by hand using original tools and see these blisters on my hands. They are real, you know? And it's like, I took days off from work to do this, to fill yeah. a thousand sandbags. <clears throat> this was that Thursday, is it? You're talking you about know. Thursdays again. You having a go? You having a day? <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, Wednesdays sometimes. Wednesdays I have done Wednesdays, you know? There was one event, uh, again, War and Peace. I went on a Wednesday and I got a call. I had to, leave friday after uh, friday evening uh it was it was when i was in the ta and they said you're doing camp this weekend it wasn't even planned and i, I drove back up um but i was pissed off over that but it was it was kept Ooh. but that's another yeah. one so you know what um so what are you saying um people no people so volume, yeah, of people. volume of people yeah, i think so and people as well. i never went to these events as a kid not that my mum and dad took me to took they took us to the national trust and stuff but as a kid i never i know we didn't have social media but i never saw these world war ii events going on i mean did they go on i'm sure they did that's a good question i feel like there's probably more now than than there was though i think the internet makes it maybe a bit easier time is all you know i mean you know time and longevity is a is is a thing you know and as time goes on and unfortunately the veterans are leaving us um i think it's become more important you know i think so who knows anyway what's next so we've got we've gone through that we've got people what, what would next be next on your list to, to make a good um, event it's a big one which of course i have no idea about because i don't own one but somebody else does vehicles I think for me, Ooh, for I me, didn't write that down either. To go to an event, and I must admit, my favourite event of the year is, you know, a little shout out. You are good. It's Victory Show. I actually adore it, and I love the planes. I love aeroplanes. Okay, I've I've fascinated since I was a kid. My my lad here, he loves uh, aeroplanes at the moment, and he stop calling aircraft, them aeroplanes. Sorry, aircraft, Richie, aircraft, aeroplanes. They're a plane. It's a bloody plane. It's a fighter plane, bomber. Oh, don't call plane. it a, don't call plane. It a plane. Oh, oh, give me shit. Just call it an aeroplane. I just call it a plane. Is that is no, it aircraft. because we got this divide, this country divide, northeast scouts? No, no, no. This is this is this is more just uh, if you have been involved in the, the warbird circuit. If you've been involved in the warbird circuit, as I would call it, which is basically air shows. If you go to air yeah, shows, go on. that sort of thing. So anyway, okay. we'll crack on. Yeah, Call you have, aircraft. So anyway, you were saying you like okay, the aircraft. Yeah, I get that now. Show. You've been to the air shows. So aircraft. Um, Lyndon, he's massively into them. And he said to me the other day, I want to join the US Army, Air Force. I said, what? what? He said, as a British citizen, or Brit, you know, he didn't say like this because he's 10 years old, but he wants to be American because he wants to fly... Um, bombers and all kinds of stuff he has all his list and you know he's into a10s and so but it's aircraft and victory does it well um i love just literally yeah i mean your feet away from these absolutely beauties and of course as a reenactor and for any other reenactor who knows this who's who's done the battle that victory show when you are parked up on that airstrip waiting to do the battle for an hour and a half or so You've got these Dakotas coming in. You've got Spitfires, Mustang, and they're actually landing next to you. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I am sat on this tank, a tank, a World War II tank. And there's a freaking aircraft taxiing. And you're like, oh my God, I'm about to piss my pants. You know, a little bit we came out. It's just the most exciting feeling. And that smell, but aircraft and vehicles, vehicles, definitely vehicles. You need to get to Ducks for dinner. Keep saying this, but you need to get to Ducks for dinner. I tell you. I've got a friend who cries when she sees fireworks, but when I see aircraft, a little tear comes. I'm, I'm telling you, oh, I just get so. Mm. Oh, you need to go. No, I, I, I agree with those sentiments, and I think vehicles in general. Before I even owned one, one of my favourite things was always waiting until someone said, "Does anyone fancy a drive out of you know to drive mm. to the shop or drive around the showground <sighs> in in the yeah. Jeep or the Jimmy or the Dodge?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, because that was always the favourite thing. Oh, you know, excitement and." getting to go in a vehicle mm. we've had some great moments you know all piling into vehicles you know, and whatnot again going back to kind of favorite photographs 
I've got a couple, but one of my favorite ones is you in your infancy in the hobby, sitting on the bonnet of a, I think it's a Jeep. Yeah, you are. Nineteen Dodge, a Dodge. It's a Dodge. I think I'm. I think I'm on the uh, the and wheel arch. We've got Dodge, this long kind of this summer. You know, this kind of glow coming off the the dust at the events, and you've got this sun, and it's midsummer, and you're just like that, thumb up to the camera, and it's just like, yeah, that's just that's typical evening, just having a ride around, a show round, and of course, because we're in our holes in our station in our place, you know, our camp. We don't get to see the further afield where some of the massive uh, diamond T's are and the other vehicles mm. are kept. They're at the other end of the spectrum, you know, and you get to see all this going on. You think you don't get to walk around this area because, of course, during the day, mm-hmm. folks, yeah. just like anybody else, if you're on your camp, on your display, if you've got a 20-minute break, you do one thing, and that's to go to the stores. You don't tend to go around other displays i don't i do i, I quite i quite like that i, I like have a little chat and see what people are doing <laughs> i have the competition so to speak but i think mm. i think more you know moreover now i think i'll prefer to just have a little bit of a chat with these people as well and you know make the most because i actually enjoy yeah. it i enjoy seeing it in displays so i want to do, do a bit more of that i know well yeah. uh, the bigger yeah. showgrounds um not it was one piece when they moved to the uh, race course and you know that's a freaking big old first space you know and some of the vehicles were right on the other side. So there's, there was no reason for me to go and mm. for an hour traipse. Yeah, but, yeah. okay, so vehicles. Mm. Um, and you know what? For me, it's the armor. I like seeing the Jeep, but after a bit, a Jeep is a Jeep, okay? I do love them. No disrespect. Shut up. Speak I, no disrespect. But you're looking at the finer detail, and I don't know the finer detail because I'm not trying to restore one or I have one. So I'm not looking at, oh, that's got this fixture or that fits in them. This is this. No, I, I do get it. I do get it. Yeah, before I had one, like, yeah, whatever. Big, but there's still nothing oh, better than jumping in one. Of them. I mean, I've got a book here on my shelf. Right. It's upstairs, probably. I think Lynn's been reading it, and it, I got it when I was eight years old. It's just merely called Tanks of World War Two, and it, I just love it to bits. It's got my little pictures. So it's like a very educational it's, no, it's just book. A kid's book. It's just a kid's book. <laughs> it's just a bit of reading. Is it got pop out pictures in a little no. little thing like those Disney books? That's my other book. That's my other book. No, it's it's one of my only books. I didn't have a lot of books as a kid, I must admit. But when I had this book and I, I just absolutely adored it to bits, and I read through it and you know learned all the, the information about the different armor. Nostalgia. But for me, it's it's tanks. I absolutely love tanks. Nostalgia is the biggest liar. It's a fucking liar. But um, it is a nostalgia lie. is not nostalgia is the biggest lie. How is nostalgia a lie? Philosophical. There he is. That book's up there. Um, what do you want to know? It's not, that's, nostalgia's back lie. Track. Anyway, my, my turn. Let's time. go back. Right, vehicles. You've got on about vehicles for 25 minutes. Boring one, facilities outside the beer tent. I want a good portaloo, and I want the toilet roll to be stocked every day, and I want some hands up in there. No. It's not a lot to ask for. I just don't want to wait for the queue for 35 minutes after I've had a night on the Guinness. You know, in the morning, it's you know, it's it's not it's not the best place to be, and I'm not the age where I can just not go to the toilet all weekend now. You know, I used to hold it in for four or five days. Can't do that anymore now. You know, no, um, you know what? You know, just just doesn't 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 work like that. So just you know, I don't want to queue in the morning, ten people, thirty minutes to get in there, and there'd be no toilet roll. It'd you know be what, absolutely Rich? filthy. You know, just you know what? Just do the basics humanitarian it's my human right to have dumb. toilet roll yeah. I, that, that absolutely probably nails it I think if we'll talk about this towards the end but I think we're, we're drilling down I think that could be the one big thing that an organisation a show can offer is good facilities good even parties. a shower and I, do you know what? Even 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 beyond, I'm talking. I mean, shall be great, but just I'm not that fussed. But Sweat. Even more being prepared for when it rains. You know, some events have turned into absolute cesspits, yes. mud everywhere. <laughs> you know, from the rain, and it's just like, just just be prepared. Just put down put down straw. Have some bark ready. You know, just just do something to minimise the effect of it and be ready because there is nothing more miserable. I'm going to recall. I think as we've done on previous occasions, Maple Durham, which is just near Oxford, um, northwest of London. Yeah. And we went to an event in March or April, oh, I think wow, it was. Yeah. I think it was April. Far too far too early. And it just rained and it was like 
a foot deep in mud inside and outside the tent. And that was horrific. And it was awful. And all I did was spend the entire weekend just cursing the event organizers for thinking I've traveled 300 miles and I'm, you know, I'm knee deep in mud and all my kit is muddy and I'm freezing and I'm wet. And you, you, you haven't even got any bark it was, or straw It was a bad anywhere. deal. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Maple Durham, the, the World War II connection is uh, the Eagles landed. Okay. The, uh, was it 70s, that film? Late seventies, okay. I think so. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Michael Caine. So when so we turned up, about, yeah. and um, it was it was not bad weather. It was fair, bit overcast. Great, great, got some great photography. But ultimately, it did chuck it down, and there was a lot of um, heavy vehicles, Dodgers, etc. And they just turned turned up what would be the front lawn, and it was a quadmire. And I really felt for the organization organization because they didn't realise that had been booked for that full. Yeah, you know what kind of people are these to put on this World War Two event and allow all these vehicles to come and literally then churn up and plow effectively plow the ground, and that's the the, mm. the whole year was ruined for two years possibly. You know that whole thing had to be resurfaced, <laughs> resurfaced. Yeah, so so for yeah. certain reasons, sort of mean. Then you know, like I said, part lose walkways, roads, that sort of thing, just. Just fairly simple. Good parking. Somewhere to park my car. You know, there's been occasions I've like, you know, I like my cars. I like to, I like to have a nice car. And when I take my car to an event, yeah. I want to park it somewhere safe. You know, and I want lots of space to be able to park it. So that, that's always a good thing for me. If I'm parking my civilian car somewhere, it needs to be somewhere safe and, and not packed in where someone's going to mark it as well. Because that matters. It's yeah. real life as well. You know, I don't want to be worried, worried about my car all weekend. So I, that's, um, that's important. Yeah. No, you know what? You're right. So I think... When I think back, you know, we do, I tend to try and park closer to the showground and then realize I've got, it's harder to get out because obviously, you know, you've got the bloody tailbacks and stuff. And that's the benefit if you leave late. Can't be that busy on a Sunday morning. Sunday evening. (laughs) Cheeky bastard. In the uh, evening, that's why I'm generally the last to leave, Richie. (laughs) Get the fuck (laughs) Anyway, what's next? I've mm. got another one. I'm going to jump the queue. Good quality reenactors. What are they? What are they? Good quality reenactors. <laughs> yes, no, I, I believe I, I wholeheartedly on that one. Yeah, nothing worse than having a great display and then looking opposite at your neighbour, and it just being a, a standard action. Everything, everything that we talk about the aviators, the cigars, the the fucking rubbish there's I'm, nothing I'm, worse so just i'm so slightly so proud to be a part of our group because we've got pedigree when people know that we're there there is something going on it's a case of yeah the boys are in check they know what they're doing they should know what they're doing if they're not knowing what they're doing someone's gonna tell them someone in the group's gonna tell them they wouldn't get there anyway to be fair That's, no one gets that far in normally 44 you know you just don't allow it so it is a good quality. It's not a case of, oh, don't worry about them Dutch power boots. Ah, no one will notice. It's muddy anyway. It, it's not going to happen. So good quality group. And I know we've shouted out a few, not mentioning them, groups out there in the UK. Um, but it is about leadership and it's about responsible leaders and knowing what should be done. But a good quality group. But also up to the event organisers for making sure that they, they don't just pick numbers, then they do, just get actual Do organisations well? now require your name, etc.? And do you think they vet them? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think I think they, they want a core a core level of key reenactors yeah. in, in decent crews, but I think beyond that they just wanna they just wanna fill it up. But you know, I would love to speak to, to some sort of event organizer to come on here and to, be to discuss this with us and to to see to see what that. they think following following this episode. Well, my, my, yeah, we should definitely do that. Things I know have arrived. Yeah, okay. I arrive after work Friday evening. Is when I get to them gates and I get out my car and I go over to the little porter cabin. And I look at the guy and he square in the face and go, with nobody 44. It's not a case of who? <laughs> you know, he goes, yep, sure. What's your name? Get it down. They're over there. That one, that big flagpole, that's them. <laughs> you know, and instinctively, everyone knows where we are. I know he's passed on a few people beforehand, but it's just that kind of, you know, you're a good unit. You know, second rangers, that's where, you know, they're over there. That, you know, of mm-hmm. course, that's when I was doing the rangers with you guys. But, 
still am. But yeah, uh, being a part of a good quality group, actually, I love it. It's oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I'm getting all, I'm getting rallied up here. It's good fun. I'm feeling the emotion. You are. You're getting, all, you're getting all emotional. What are the what are the little bits have you got then, Andy? I, I didn't no, know the one. I wanted to go with you again. Is the the photographs and content that Ooh. we get at an event also dictate how good that mm. event was for me? You know, I think because in in years to come, the photos are the real jogs of the memories. Of course, we we remember the beer tent stories and all that sort of stuff, and we remember the hangovers and the, the funny stories. But in terms of the general day to day aspect of the event, the imagery that we document is is usually one of the the, the yardsticks of the event. You know, um, and that is the measurable yeah. that we sometimes have for, for how good that event was, and that's the measurable that we have for years to come to demonstrate, market our group, but also to look back on in twenty years time and to go look at everything we did look at the displays that we did because yeah. how many times did we used to have displays and no one got images of them whereas now we've got youtube videos of them we have uh, images of them we've got mm. printed books made of them you know and it all that hard work that we talked about filling a thousand sandbags the displays people driving on in vans the time the money the effort the desire the passion is it's documented yeah. and it's there forever you know and, and no one can no. take that away from you then Unless someone deletes the hard drive, um, but you know what I mean. Like that's so that's that's a good thing for me is that you come away and it's like look yeah. at what we achieved and you can see that by the imagery. You can share that imagery with a wider public across various social media platforms, and I think that's a really really good aspect of, of what I think anyway. Being the photographer coming away thinking that was a good event because of this. I also think that times have changed. It's a different time when I first started. Only seventeen years ago, or so. Having someone in the group who is a professional photographer, we're not just talking about happy snappery guys, okay? For anyone who doesn't know Richie and what he does or has done in the past, he's a freaking amazing photographer. Did? Did. Are we talking past tense? He's an amazing photographer, is a, okay? And because of that and his marketability and the use of Instagram, again, a very modern means to promote, our presence has collided together. It's it's the worlds, the planets. They've come into symbiosis. Oh, that's that word again. Just it's aligned. And it, for us, Andy's word <laughs> of the week: symbiosis. <laughs> like the other one, what was it? Empirical inquiry. Um, it's it's all the, oh, the, God, the planets yeah. have aligned. And having you, social media, your photography. Let's face it. Normally, forty-four are at the spearhead, the front of social media i believe this okay and i'm online i see all the people out there doing amazing uh, photography got an amazing presence but let's face it there's a continuity with your stuff and this is your job this is your not i'll say your passion it's your life this is your livelihood so you know what you're doing Mm. and you do it effectively right let's face it richie right if we were a business and we had hired you you know what i'm saying that's what it is we've you know you're in the group that we're so lucky to have you in that group to do this mm-hmm. well i think i think groups have, have got to look at themselves and i think mm. that groups should look at their it's a difficult one because it's a I hobby know. isn't it and i know we're going off tangent a bit but i think group groups should look at their staff and you know the way i see it i see groups should look at the members and members should look at themselves as if it was a company and to run it in the same sort of way as we touched upon in the marketing episode to say you know and there was a there was a recent shake-up in our group quite recent shake-up where there was a there was a there was, you know, mm-hmm. to say, right, well, who's who's really pulling pulling their fingers out and who's who's doing the work at the moment? And and you know, there was a comment made which which referred to, you know, if if this was a company, you know, certain people might be in difficulty because of the performance, you know. And I think groups have to look that way. I think groups have to look at performance levels, you know, of their members, of the senior members mm-hmm. of the of the groups, of their units, and 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 ask for a continuous level of effort from them to maintain that you know and it can't just be on one or two people but anyway we're, no i'm we're just gonna pull it back and say okay so we it's about having a good quality group and what that group is okay for us it's not yes. only yes having the right stuff the original stuff doing the research but it's also having that kind of presence for people to know who we are and how far we take that mm-hmm. that's what that yep. question has been answered yeah. okay sorted yeah oh. so do, do you know what i think I didn't want to mention this too early, but I think having said all of that and when the dust mm. settles and you you get home and when the, the, if you're cold, if you're miserable, the tiredness, yeah. all that sort of stuff goes home, right? And the weeks and weeks pass. It's nothing to do with the beer tent. It's nothing to do with the facilities. 
it's nothing to do with um, the Portaloos or the singers or how many people were there. It's about the time that you had that with your brothers and your friends and the people that you were with and the memories that you made, whether good or bad at the time, however you were angry, whether you were upset, whether you were cold, whether you were tired, the immersive events, public events. It's about the experiences generated and made. And I don't think you can you can appreciate them whilst yeah. you're there sometimes. I think sometimes you need to look back to understand the, the true joy or magic or, you know, um, experiences that you've had. I don't think you can always appreciate it at the time. And especially now, the last year that we've had, I think we can look back at Maple Durham in the mud, cold, freezing. But you know what? If you offered me that exact same event right now, tomorrow, in that same cold mud, in the same uniforms with the same people, I would snap your yeah. hand off every day of the week. I think um, I, I have a few memories from that Maple Durham event, Durham event. And the one that sits right at the top is... I think we were there on the Thursday or the Friday night. Well, Thursday night before even the public, of course, and other tents and vehicles and people had turned up. And we were sat and we had one small wall put up. I think there was five of us in that. You know, Pyramid no, it was a small wall the first first night. Ah, oh, you missed, I think, yeah, you, you, went, you me, went there a bit earlier, I think it was yeah. four of us, maybe four then. And we had a, a tilly lamp. We had obviously a few beers and things and that chatting that shit in that little hole, you know, that was just great. And then of course the event happens and everything around it, but it's the small things I, I remember, you know, and it is about the camaraderie. It is. Mm-hmm. It's about friendship, brotherhood. Yep. And that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's sometimes more than that, you know, and it's, it, it can't always be listed there. It's, you know, in, in things that event organizers can do, there's, there's a magic to it and it's about who you're with and, and the time that you have with those, Definitely. with those people. But anyway, we got a, we got a couple of questions that we're going to answer. Um, and obviously keep sending in your questions, everybody for future event episodes. We've got a, we've got a great amount of, of content and questions from you all, which we're going to be turning into episodes over the coming weeks. Uh, and we've got a couple of questions that we want to answer just, just quick show fire. Uh, questions that we received as part of this so the first question comes from journeys into the past who asks as a punter do you ever go to events in some form um, yes i've done it on one or two of occasions not many um but as a reenactor a professional reenactor i will say i put my a jacket on an m42 um two oh no i don't i put an m41 jacket on um that's what i do and for me because it's weathered it's badged up correctly i feel as though i'm trying to tell the public or not the public but other reenactors i'm a part of you guys you know hey i'm, I'm a friend of you you know i'm one of you guys it is it's oh, it, it sad as it sounds but i do i don't go incognito but i want to kind of say look you know what? i'm one of you guys look at me look at me look at me i'm a I fucking reenactor i am a poser i don't care you saw my folder on the line <laughs> on the zoom the other day that's the one. Stood in the vegetable patches. I know. I have, and I do. I don't go. I don't go in full. I don't. I don't go in full I uniform. I couldn't. I couldn't Not do full it. uniform, I, but I do put an M forty one jacket on. I do. I I would question why you would go to an event as a punter because than a my fellow buddies, my friends, or normally forty four weren't there. I'm not going to go parading. No, I'm go not parading. I booked. I, I booked into Beamish on my own initially just to stay with a tent. I mean, luckily somebody else was going to come, but I, I, I would ha- happily go to any event if it was within 30, 40, 50 miles of me and nobody else was going. I would go on my own with a okay. tent and rock up and enjoy myself. I get that, but I weren't I going with would. a tent. I was with the family. And I'm not one of these guys who's going to turn okay, up okay. in full kit with a rifle and my wife and two kids walking around the civilian because that's just crazy. No, no, I wouldn't do that, but I would certainly, I, it might sound sad, but I would go on my own. I, I couldn't personally go to an event and put a kit on. Maybe put a jacket on, like you mentioned, oh, but I don't end. think I could Jeez, put on <laughs> everything. Good question. Anyway, good question. I like um, that. Next question, just quickly. Good question. It comes from Mr. J. Lees, who asks, has the recent pandemic improved your passion well, for, for the you hobby? it has. <laughs> for you, I think it has. Uh, I've, no, I've, I've said the other day, there's a monster there's a monster right in front of me. He's a he's a buying, selling, knowledgeable monster who's just literally uh, gagging for the season to happen. And me, I I agreed. Don't know. I, I want it, but I, do you get this, Richie? 
if you're away from something, you don't crave it as much. I don't know if I've craved it enough. No, I, I get that. I mean, the only thing I can really relate it to is, yeah, I used to be, used to be sort of, I'm a bit of a football nut with my local football club. I used to go to a lot of matches and because I haven't been, I can relate to that. I'm not really as interested in, in going. Um, but as you meant, you know, and that could have happened with the hobby, but I think I made a decision to sort of flip it really and to think, well, might have had something to do with the investment mm-hmm. in the Jeep and whatnot. Possibly. But yeah, I think it has increased the passion for it. I think it's given me something yeah. to focus on, you know, and I'm thankful that we have a hobby where you can put your energy into something and distract you from the stuff that's going on, you know. Um, and for me, I think it's come from... I used to like sharing pictures of me in, in, in kit, you know, I used to like, because of my yeah. photographic background coming from a fashion photography world, um, you know, being in London, you know, living there. And it was all about the, you know, showing how cool you were basically that that's what it was like. I actually think the pandemic is, is sort of done the opposite for me. It's maybe okay. more kit focused. It's maybe more focused on, the stories, the veterans, the details more than it has. I used to just be a bit like, here's a picture of me looking cool, looking good. And then 41, you know, some good editing on there. Here I am. Look at me, you know, whereas now I'm much more like, okay, well look at this interesting item. I've got in my collection. Look Matured. Um, yeah, I'm talking just broadly on social media now. Yeah. Just, just less about me and That's more good. about the hobby and more about, the, the things I collect, the stories, Honest. things like that. So yes, Mr. Jillies, it has improved um, our passion wow. in different ways for the hobby. Fantastic questions. Sure. Great, great answers. Great ones. So keep, keep bringing them in um, and keep, you know, let's, let's keep the Zooms going. It won't be this week. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe it should be okay. Week. We'll see, see how we get on just as long as you don't keep us up till two in the morning again. Um, but, the next episode, I think you should all tune in for because we've been talking about doing this for a little while. It's about time that we did it. We talked mm. a little bit about photography at events here. Um, and what Andy and I are going to be doing over the next episode is we're going to be picking um, around five to, to five, yeah. maybe five to 10 photographs each, um, which involve us in our group. Um, not necessarily have to us have to be in it, but just <sighs> pictures we've been involved in over the years in the hobby. And we're going to be explaining why they are our favorite images from the hobby and what they say about that time, that event and what was going on at the time. I can't I wait for this. This is going to be watching fantastic. YouTube. Interactive little uh, pictures and all kinds going on. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. at least two off my head. I know two. So get picking them out. It's going to take me, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, I have a, an online cloud storage account of about <laughs> 10 years worth of imagery. And oh, there's about 20,000 images in there. So it's it's going to be tricky narrowing that down to five or six, but we'll do our very best. And I'm very much looking forward to showing how much Andy and I have aged in just a few <laughs> shots. Have you seen this man again? Yeah, one of them pictures. No, it's getting back there, mate. I had a little Turkish barber shave on the weekend. So I'm joking. I'm, I'm not yeah. looking too bad there. No, what he, do you he mean? Got a beard. <laughs> yeah, but did he? He, he did it all properly, you know. God, just because I just because you forgot what it's like. I to forgot. Go to I don't. Need, I can't grow a bloody beard. I am. Are you doing I'm a face lift there or something? I've, right. Okay. So for those who know, I've been <laughs> running, and then last night I went cycling, and tonight I was going to go for a run and alternate it. But I've had a beer. Is that a good thing? Maybe. It's all right. Well being. Well being. It balance. Is. Life is about balance. Amen to that. Right. I can't wait for that episode. Indeed, I'm going to get back to sorting some BS stuff out and researching. Do you know what I did last night, oh. actually? I'm going to continue tonight. Mm. It's really boring and anal. But I've been going through my um, battle reports and uh, my Off At Last book and making notes, and I've been saving pins of every little corner where accounts happened nice. from the battle um, at the Ferrara Operation Market Garden on each day so that when I go to Normandy, Normandy Arnhem, we can go to the exact spot to oh. the exact minute or hour where these things happened and be there in the Jeep, look at these places. How great you is that do a live be? broadcast? We'll do something around that. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll determine what that is closer to the time, but providing we can get over there, we will Hope do some do. live uh, and pre-recorded videos from Arnhem. We'll do a bit of a documentary, maybe episode each day whilst we're over there, mini, mini 10, 15 minute clips. There'll be, there'll be Dale and I in the ferry getting, uh, you know, just talking about the events. And yeah, we'll probably try and do a 15, 20 minute episode each day just to keep people updated on what Can't we've been wait. doing and whatnot as well. Fantastic. 
see social yeah, media for that. but anyway yes uh, we'll, we'll we'll get picking your your five images andy uh, folks out there get selecting um get sorry get get your questions over to us as well, well. that's it well it'll be good night good night that's it mm. that is it over for another week 42 oh. episodes in looking forward to 43 looking forward to more zoom calls yeah um, catch you guys again soon